Um, in the payment space, really the card is the physical manifestation of the product. And um, we've gone out and signed up hundreds of different licensors and have thousands of different images that you can put on your card. And so the, the tagline that we use is pay with personality. So you can find something on our site that appeals to you personally. So when you're bringing that card out, it's saying something about you and your interests. And a lot of times it initiates conversations with people and allows you to have a little bit more of a, a tie-in to the product than just the standard card that you might get from a traditional bank. Welcome to the Tearsheet Podcast. I'm Zach Miller. There are a handful of firms gunning to become leaders in the challenger bank space. There are the usual suspects like Revolut and N26, but there are other firms that are growing their user bases and assets too. One of those companies is Card. It has 600,000 accounts and $3 billion in customer deposits to date. With some new growth initiatives, Card is on track to surpass 1.5 million new accounts in 2019. Card's kind of an unbank bank, meaning the product focuses on branded debit cards, including logos from popular sports teams, athletes, and music groups. Card CEO Tim Cottrell joins us to talk about how he's doubling his account base year over year and what he's doing to evolve into a competitive challenger bank brand. We discuss Card's product pipeline and how the company acquires new customers. Tim Cottrell is my guest today on the Tearsheet Podcast. Before we continue with our program, I'd like to thank our sponsor, MX, for supporting Tearsheet's work. MX is the leading data platform for banks, credit unions, and fintechs, enabling its clients and partners to easily collect, enhance, analyze, present, and act on financial data. Yeah, good morning, Zach. My name is Tim Coltrell, and I am the chairman and CEO at Card.com. I've been with Card for about three years now, and uh, my background's been in the, the payments industry uh, for my entire career. And I'm really excited about the prospects for card. So I'm, I'm kind of here. I, I'm interested personally to hear more about your background. Um, can, you, can you tell us a little bit about the steps that led you to card? Yeah, sure. I, you know, after graduate school, I, I ended up working for one of the major banks um, in the credit card industry. And um, the beginning of my career was working for a variety of different large bank institutions. And I always felt like, you know, financial services was uh, one of the great parts of the industry that was sort of overlooked by a lot of folks. And when the opportunity uh, came my way to be part of a, a startup company in the financial services area, I jumped on that and have been in startups since then. And what do you like about startups, I guess, as opposed to some of the larger organizations? What is it particularly suited to you, your background and your interest? Yeah, what, what's really exciting about working in the startup environment is be a, the ability to create something new and different and bring it to market quickly and um, see consumers respond to it and really sort of get out of the mold of the large bank and banking institutions of how they approach the market, really do creative things like we've done a card with the imagery we've, we've put on the plastic. So, so let's start with um, card. Uh, for audience who's not familiar with it, can you, can you describe the business today and sort of the evolution over the past few years and catch us up to date? Sure. Yeah. So card was founded with the idea of bringing mobile banking to consumers and adding a feature that stands out in the marketplace with a branded affinity on the card. So if you go to card.com, you'll see thousands of different images that you can have on your card. Um, in the payment space, really the card is the physical manifestation of the product. And um, we've gone out and signed up hundreds of different licensors and have thousands of different images that you can put on your card. And so the, the tagline that we use is pay with personality. So you can find something on our site that appeals to you personally. 
So when you're bringing that card out, it's saying something about you and your interests. And a lot of times it initiates conversations with people and allows you to have a little bit more of a, a tie-in to the product than just the standard card that you might get from a traditional bank. 91% of mobile banking users prefer using their app over going to a physical bank branch. But it's no longer enough just to offer an app. Customers expect, demand, a really good experience. That's where MX comes in. Its new mobile app, Helios, helps banks and credit unions stand out in today's world of mobile banking, going beyond simple transactions and account management. Does your mobile app get thousands of five-star reviews? Does it increase your engagement and lead to higher brand loyalty and ROI? Check out Helios by MX at MX, that's the letters M and X, dot com. So given that model, what, what, how big is the user base? What are, what are the assets that you guys that are kind of in the system? Yeah, so, so since we started, we've had more than $3 billion in deposits come to our accounts. Um, and a lot of that growth has been in the last couple of years since I joined. Um, we really have started ramping up marketing in the last couple of years and have plans to expand it substantially from here. And beyond just growing the core product that we have today, which is a uh, mobile-first bank account, uh, we have our idea, um, ideas and products in development to expand the product offering set and leverage the portfolio of affinities that we have um, to provide more product to consumers. And my goal is to be able to uh, have a product that we can give to every consumer that comes to our site, from uh, gift card to uh, prepaid to bank accounts to uh, credit cards. So before I have some more questions about product, but before we get there, um, I'm curious. So so the model is you you in license. Um, branded content uh, onto the cards. How, do the affinity partners help in terms of marketing and bringing in new in, in, in customer acquisition as well? They do. We work with them to um, get the acquisition um, funnel uh, to include their customer bases. So um, a lot of these affinities have their own followings and we work with them to um, present our product to, to that group of people as well. Um, and then in addition to that, we do our own marketing uh, with various affinities and we use a variety of different channels to, to reach to consumers. But the beauty of it is that each affinity kind of attracts a different demographic mm -hmm. um, and we can reach across the age spectrum uh, with some of our nostalgic brands as well as uh, brands that appeal to millennials. Um, so when we look at our portfolio, we can see um, performance that's different uh, based on what affinity people select. Um, so that's pretty exciting. It's an additional layer of data that we get about consumers that no one else has. That, that is interesting. And, and you, you alluded to this growth happening, I guess, under, under your watch. Can you attribute it to specific activities um, that you've embarked on? Um, yeah, I mean, number one is obviously um, being in a position to ramp marketing. Um, we raised some capital in uh, middle of 2017 that allowed us to, to really start to rebuild our marketing capability. And I think from the first month we marketed to now, we probably increased our monthly volume by five. Um, so we're generating over, um, you know, 150,000 new signups a month right now for our product. Wow, those numbers are really are really um, impressive. What's interesting to me is um, as card position vis-a-vis -vis some of the other challenger banks, other challenger banks have a very strong brand in a way, card is kind of the company behind other people's brands. Like how do you, how do you reconcile sort of being that, you know, the, the player behind these affinity brands? 
Yeah, that's a great question. Um, Card itself hasn't done, you know, the company um, since I've been here hasn't done a lot of outreach in the market to let people know about uh, what we offer. And we're just starting to do that. So I think you'll, you'll see more brand awareness about Card itself. I mean, obviously, we have one of the best domains in the industry. Um, and it, um, it represents uh, what people see when they have a, a, a payment card in their, their, their pocket. And um, while we've been primarily marketing the, the uh, brand of our partners first, uh, we're doing more now to uh, call out the features that we offer. Our features are on par or better than uh, many of the products that are in the marketplace. And so I think that extra feature of the branded card is a good differentiator from um, the noise that you hear about, you know, the, the types of features you hear in the, uh, in the challenger bank space. And, and so do you, we, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, Tim. Uh, I was just going to say, I, I think the way I think about it is, you know, we've been brand first, so we have this great card and that catches people, uh, people's attention, but they don't know enough about the features of the product itself, you know, like early direct deposit and the ability to load cash and the ability to, to upload a check to your account. So, um, you know, many of the features that, you know, we, we in the industry sort of take for granted, I see a lot of our competitors just doing a great job at, at calling them out. And uh, for consumers, they may not be aware that those features exist. So uh, one of our core strategies now is to balance out um, the imagery on the card as a key feature, along with the other features of the product that let them do the transactional things that they need to do. So the model really is, uh, has been primarily B2B to C, I guess, your reliance upon your affiliate partners to help to help market you. And now, now it sounds like you're actually going to be branding card directly. Um, is, there, is there a channel conflict there? Or how do you manage sort of the, um, the difference between going B2B to C and I guess going B2C? You know, I wouldn't say that we're more B, I'd say we've been all along more B2C. So okay. it's been Sorry primarily us doing the, the marketing to the consumer of the affinity and with some additional volume coming from the, 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 the brand partner. Um, but um, the success that we've found is the ability to find the market that has interest in the particular affinity ourselves and then um, be able to, to show that product to consumers when it's the right time. And some of the brands really lend themselves to that. For example, um, the NFL Players Association, we can target on Facebook around certain geographic areas with the players that would be popular in that area. So you're in Boston and mm -hmm. you're you know scanning your Facebook um, timeline and suddenly you see a Tom Brady ad right after he wins the Super Bowl. Uh, those kinds of things are, are advantages that we have um, and allow us to succeed in channels that other people that, that don't have that differentiator um, uh, to use in that, in that channel. That's a great point. And that was a segue to my next question was what channels do you use to acquire customers? And I have to imagine given um, sort of the demographic and geographic targeting capabilities of Facebook, Facebook has to be a, a pretty strong channel for you guys. It is. It's, it's been one of our lead channels um, for a while, but over the last uh, year and a half, really, uh, we've been expanding channels um, throughout the digital spectrum. Um, so AdWords, SEO, um, the uh, affiliate channels, uh, really anywhere that you would expect um, a digital first uh, marketing company to be. Uh, we're in those channels, and we have plans to expand beyond that. Um, my background includes um, startups in a similar uh, company in the past, um, and so there's channels that we know work 
uh, for us and for other people that we're not in today. Uh, direct mail is a good example um, where if you target correctly, you'll find the right consumers that are interested in these products. And that's a channel that we'll be exploring in the next six months or so. Well, I guess this is going back to a question I asked before. Is, is there a way um, to empower or to educate your affinity partners to have, to have them sort of do that first touch for you guys in the marketing funnel? Yeah, we're actually working. We have uh, new resources dedicated to that in the last few months. So we're seeing a lot more progress there. As you can imagine, some of the affinity partners have a lot of different products that they represent uh, or where they have their affinities uh, in the market. So we have to get their attention. And the way we do that is we have a sort of a, a launch plan with each one of them. So when we bring on a new affinity, we work with them and we ask them to do things like, um, you know, post to all of their social media. Um, let's have a, a link on their homepage, wherever it is, whatever uh, means they have for interacting with their consumers so that they can see the product is available. And it's obviously a natural fit, right? If you're a, a Betty Boop fan and you're looking at Betty Boop you're, and you're looking on a, um, a Betty Boop page, why not see the Betty Boop uh, card uh, product uh, uh, and have a link to be able to sign up for it right then? That makes total Betty Boop sense. Um, <laughs> Earlier in the conversation, you alluded to some innovations in the product. Um, what can you share with us in terms of like where you're thinking is, where you're headed with the product? Okay. Uh, one of the things that I saw as an opportunity when I came to CARD was the opportunity to offer more products with the same imagery that we have. So in our product pipeline, we have gift cards, um, a full BDA account, including a savings feature, and uh, a over, uh, short-term overdraft feature that's optional for the consumer. And then beyond that, um, uh, we're also planning on credit cards in uh, the next nine months or so. And the idea is that as a consumer comes to our site and they find the image that they love on a card, we'll also have the product that fits their financial uh, stage of their life. Interesting. And it, what, what, what we also see, sorry to stutter, but um, when we're talking to a lot of the challenger banks is like, there seems to be sort of a convergence of functionality, right? So like when, when one um, challenger bank comes out with a function, you know, everyone else sees them. Well, that, that actually makes a lot of sense. Let's build that into our feature set. I, I guess, how, how do you think about sort of maintaining leadership or um, differentiation as you go forward? Can you rely just on sort of those affinity and the brands itself that are on the cards? It's a great question. And I thought a lot about this this morning because I anticipated you asking this question. If you really think about it, um, the innovation that's coming from the new players in the space is primarily around presentation of the product to the consumer. Sure. And, um, and uh, there's another point I was going to make. It's, it's innovation around the, the way the product is presented and more aggressiveness around the pricing. It's really only those two things that are changing. The features underlying the products are available in the big banks as well. Um, so it's more about, you know, keeping up with the feature uh, parity with other folks and then having something that differentiates you in the marketplace. And for us, the affinity is the thing that does that for us. Um, and then having a great, uh, a great acquisition process uh, to present your product to the consumer. Um, and and the, the reason that those two things, just, you know, presentation of the product and lower pricing are, are enough in our industry is that it's such a big industry. Um, banking, I think the debit volume for, uh, I think it was a year ago, was something like 
either two trillion or three trillion. I can't remember what the number was I saw in the the report I looked at, but that's a big number. And for companies like us and others in the space, we only have to capture a small percentage of that that market share to have a very successful company. Um, that's why I think um, in this transition to and uh, opening up of neo banks that are um, making headway and gaining traction, uh, it's going to be a, a long path um, to acquiring a substantial portion of the marketplace. Um, and so I, I still view us as being at the very early stages of that, um, of that uh, um, transition to uh, alternative banks than from the traditional banks. Yeah, that makes total sense. And I, I guess in, in the remaining time that we have, um, you alluded to um, sort of what you had in the pipeline already. I, I'm kind of curious as, as the CEO um, and as a leader, like what are you focused on going into the second half of 2019? What are sort of your big audacious goals that you'd like to share with us? Yeah, I mean, the biggest goal is continuing to grow the business. Um, we've done remarkably well in the last couple of years, and you have to, we have to continue to expand our, our marketing capability um, and getting our product in front of more people. And that includes um, enhancements to the way we market. Uh, it includes um, getting new products out into the market uh, that allow us to meet the needs of consumers that, that don't necessarily need the product we have today. And then I think the third thing is um, uh, just optimizing um, the, uh, the channels that we're in, you know, getting more uh, touch points with consumers. So some of that is, you know, going into more traditional media uh, or traditional marketing channels. Um, direct mail is one example. Television is another example. And I'm really excited about that because our product does really well because of the visual nature of it. Um, when people see our products, and if you go to our website, I guarantee you that you will find an image that you would love. It's such an interesting point because like when you think of financial services and the challenge of marketing financial services, it's always because you can't touch them or hold them. They're not, they don't feel good per se, but like you guys actually have a way around that with, and it's a very elegant yet simple solution. The, uh, what was that? Sorry, did you drop off? I don't know. I don't know if For it's a second, but I have you back now. Yeah. So I was just going to end with the point of saying like one of the challenges of marketing financial services is that um, they're invisible to the end user. They, they're not, they're not cozy. You can't touch them. Um, and the visual presentation of your products is an elegant yet simple way around that. Exactly. And, and that's what I'm really excited about when people hear card.com one it's very easy to remember two they're going to see images at least one of those images going to appeal to them and we're not just having to try to sell features you know um, we have all the features and we'll make sure we we point those out but that visual component where they say gosh that's a really cool card i've had that happen to me many times when i'm out using my card in the in the wild uh, i think i was in miami and a guy i had a Jimi hendrix card and the clerk held the card up away from his head and said now that is a cool card. And that's the feeling that we want people to have when they see an ad from card.com. One last question, feel free not to answer it. How many card.com cards do you carry? I have five. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I think three of them are NFL players. Then I have Jimi Hendrix. And then I have one that um, is not a branded product. It's a, a beautiful image of um, polar bears in the ocean. 
Um, so, you know, there's, there's not only the, the branded products we have, we have thousands of other images that appeal to people um, and their particular interests. And I think that's kind of the key to the whole thing is like getting product out there that have imagery on it that people have an affinity for and, um, you know, making them, you know, desire to have that as a card that they carry in their wallet. Tim, thanks for joining us on the Tearsheet Podcast today. Uh, you're very welcome. Thanks for the time. <laughs>